Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose podcast. I'm really excited to be joined by John Woodcock, someone who I sat in the Commons with for many, many years, but now John is more formally known as Lord Walney and sits in the Lords as a non-aligned peer and is also the UK government's independent advisor on political violence and disruption. Welcome, John, to the podcast. Now, tell me a little bit about this role you've got as an advisor on political violence and disruption. Explain for people listening what that is all about and, in a sense, what you're going to be doing in that role as an advisor. Sure. And thank you, Justine, for uh, for having me on. It's great to get a chance to, um, uh, to talk to you again after, uh, after a while. It, it's the, the role that I've been given is... Um, is fascinating in and of itself. And I think it's really interesting this particular context of, um, of the nation um, recovering from lockdown and, and COVID. But I, I'm essentially being asked to look at the, the fringes of politics in the UK, the, the far right, and to an extent, the, the far left in the, uh, in the country and how, um, polit- and how political protest can, um, trip over into violence and unacceptable disruption where the boundaries on that ought to to lie and 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 looking at um how the far right is 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 organizing um how uh, extreme groups are you have used uh covid and lockdown how they've how they've changed and and what's happening in uh, amongst our international allies and whether we've got lessons to to learn from them so so that brings in the likes of um the the capitol hill attack in uh, in the states um interesting things that uh, australia is doing on disinformation so it's a, it's a fascinating brief i've got a uh, a review to write for the prime minister and, and home secretary that needs to be handed and actually, actually quite soon um, uh, with a view to it being published, yes, quite uh, being published later in the year. So I've, I've got a, a call for evidence open at the at the moment on the gov.uk website, and you know anyone who's listening to this who uh, has got has got views on uh, on any of those things, any personal experience or or whatever, I'd really love them to 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 make a contribution to the review through this uh, call for evidence. It sounds good and, and obviously, I mean, hugely important, um, but comes on the back of, you know, a long time that you obviously spent um, with me in the House of Commons and you were a Labour Cooperative MP for, for Barrow and Furness um, getting elected in 2010. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that journey, in a sense, to becoming an MP? And, and then I'd love to move on to the levelling up challenges faced by a community like, like Barrow and Furness. But, but first of all, what about your journey? When you were growing up, John, did you ever think that this was going to be the route that your life might take? Well, I mean, I started off wanting to be a fighter pilot and then was told at about the age of seven that I was colorblind. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that was not for me. But I was, I, I, I grew up in the, um, in the Labour Party in Sheffield in the, in the 1980s. And um, um, my, uh, my dad was a counsellor uh, in in that Labour Party, and David Blunkett was um, uh, was one of my heroes growing up. He was leader of council, and then went uh, went down to um, to the House of Commons. Um, and so, 
I, I mean, so I mean, we would literally would have been, yeah, really yes. close by one another. You know, I yeah, was just down the road in Rotherham at the yeah. same time, and you were you were just up the up the road in, in Sheffield. Amazing. Yeah, and I spent I a really short spell living in in Royal Marsh, um, which I'm not sure how long was uh, how far away from from you in, in Rotherham that was. Yeah, um, I mean, just like two three miles. My grandma was in Greensboro, which is really close to Royal Marsh. Oh, there you go. And I was born in uh, in Swallownest, in that sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, used to go swimming around there. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. So, so I, I mean, I guess we, um, we sort of had a, a lot of similarities, I guess, in, in, in our upbringing. And the, um, have you read The Northern Clemency uh, by um, Philip Henshaw? Well, read it because uh, Philip Henshaw is a, is a wonderful novelist, but it basically, it sort of, it, it is set as growing up in a kind of Middle class environment. Uh, I don't know what actually. In, I don't know where, whether that child's view or not. But for me, it's like growing up in a sort of middle class environment in Sheffield. It's just like my life back back then. So anyway, there was uh, there was that. But so I had had a political sort of political childhood. But I wanted to be a journalist, and actually that was my um, uh, that was my first job coming out of coming out of university. Um, and I, I, I was a cupboard water on the on the Scotsman, but then sort of had a had did that for a while, but thought just writing about stuff didn't feel um, it didn't feel like it was it was quite enough. And then I got involved in the um, in the Labour Party, um, which sort of went back and was in student politics, and then ended up in the um, as like a, a back office researcher in, in the Labour Party and had a, uh, uh, you know, we had research on all of the opposition candidates in the 2005 uh, election. <laughs> I have to say, you, Justine, were very, I'm sure very complimentary about you back then. Um, <laughs> but you weren't when I won. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, uh, and, and, then, and then I became, I became an advisor um, in the um, in in that the sort of dying years of the of the new Labour government and huge privilege working for a number of government departments for um, for John Hutton, uh, my predecessor as the MP for Barrow. Funny how things work out sometimes. Um, and had a had a spell in in number ten, but again it, it was that way that actually you know you wanted to be properly on, I guess on it. Getting your involved directly in the issues at a ground level on on in politics, which is why uh, I put myself forward to to stand in 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 Barrow. Obviously, I was on the wrong side of the Pennines for um, for them, but um, but they 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 were managed to they, they got over good that enough, good enough to overlook that. Um, and th and then I suppose the shock was. Um, I mean, you had that five years of, of opposition, and then were and then were into government in Conservative government in in 2010. Um, you know, I I was always an opposition MP. You know, at times sort of opposition also to everybody, um, including my own, uh, including my own party. But that that difference of of having been in, you know, you're advisor in government, but you're actually you know, government. Uh, as you know, will know far better than, than me having been a, a Secretary of State. You're hugely frustrating. The levers you, you sort of pull and they don't do what you want or they're frustrated. But it's so much better than being in opposition where 
you know, you, you, you yes, I mean, it's a huge privilege and you can influence and you can shine a spotlight, um, but, um, but nothing beats actually being able to, um, to, to, to win support for your agenda and to, to enact it in government. No, it, is, it, it can be a very tough time um, in opposition. That's certainly, that was certainly my experience um, in 2005. But for your community, obviously, levelling up is really, I guess, at the heart of what needs to happen in the sense to, to, to lift it. So tell us a little bit about, about for people who don't maybe know it, what Barrow Furnace is like, but, but in a sense, we've got the levelling up goals. Um, they kind of break down what we feel leveling up has as its 14 big challenges. Yeah. Which of them really matter? You know, is it education? Is it around jobs and opportunity? Is it is it housing or digital skills? Tell us a little bit about what leveling up means for that community that, that you spent a long time representing. Yeah, your leveling up goals, I think, are are, are really important and 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 you you've encapsulated so well, I think, the um many of those challenges that communities face and the levers that you can that you can use and and really all of all of those things that you have mentioned matter to, to Barrow. You've got a Barrow is is an industrial town in the the, the northwest of England, out on a limb in in the um in, in Cumbria on the edge of the of the Lake District. And it was it it uh, became a town really from being um, a very small settlement in the uh, latter part of the 19th century where they found uh, coal and, and iron and then the steelworks were made. And from there, the steelworks came the shipyard. Vickers came over from the big industrial company from Sheffield to, to, um, to create a shipyard. And, then, and this has been a shipyard town uh, ever since. And, and it, it is, and we are in, rightly enormously proud of the the role that Bauer has in, in constructing the UK's fleet of nuclear submarines, and and that provides a level of the skills base uh, which is required, the skills that the individual residents of of, of Bauer need to construct submarines is just it, it, it is breathtaking. Um, the it is the real the absolute pinnacle of large-scale engineering in the world and yet you've got in Barrow a, um, a town that has some of the very worst pockets of deprivation in the in the country when you when you break down um, areas into the the lowest sort of reporting elements that you can to, to measure this kind of thing uh, really appalling levels of poverty and and on top of that and and clearly actually part of that you've got a uh, a community that for decades has um school leavers have, have tended to come up with below the national average in numeracy and, and and literacy and and i mean that is that is nuts considering what we are then asking that community to go on to go on to do in terms of the the submarine construction. So, when I came in, um, my um, I, I I understood that it was that it was no good just being a, a you know a, a kind of flag waving, drum beating opposition MP just shouting at the government. You had to work with 
uh, the uh, the people who who uh, had been elected to make make decisions. And I, you know, I think I always took a um, I always took a constructive role to that. We we um, uh, we lodged a, a poverty commission uh, which identified um, many of the of the deficits, including that education deficit. Um, and and then, John, can I ask you as well? So, so I think it's really interesting around the fact that you can have almost one community and then some of the higher skills jobs, but then also a lot of low skilled work. What does that feel like for a community in terms of having people all in the same place, but, but kind of some of them have really great jobs and then others absolutely don't? Yeah. What does that do to a sense of community? How does it feel day to day? I, there is um, there is a really strong sense of community in Barrow, um, and um, there's a it's it's interesting how that how that has uh, how that has solidified and 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 remained. You know, there was just not the levels of of um, people moving in and and out from elsewhere in in the country. Um, mm -hmm. That many other areas have. Um, that brings it with it real challenges, but it's actually, I think, you know, you, in in Barrow still, you you could you could um, you know often throw a stone and literally uh, hit the houses of of, uh, of of a couple of other generations of your family, or quite for for many for many families. And, and so the, there's a real um, sense of everybody knows everybody, and actually. Yeah, there's a real sense of community just because it's it's been a place that people who live there have, have lived there forever, really. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they want and and so people really want to build the yeah uh, to build the town up, mm. but um, but but it, it's about um, it, it it's about the 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 understanding that it is um it is not. It is not it is not sufficient simply to have that extraordinary um, um, jobs job opportunities that the submarine program brings, um, uh, which is you know which is, is is amazing. It's a it's a jewel in the crown. It's about ten thousand people directly employed in uh, advanced manufacturing jobs in that shipyard, and um, but um but it's it's a recognition that that is that has not proved enough and will not prove enough in in of itself um to to lift the whole area up and critically i think for persuading bae and also the government that um that it is uh, it, it is not simply you know the right thing to do for a uh, for a community to 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 reach out uh, and help those um, who are not who, who are not feeling the benefit of um, of jobs, but also actually it is your future labour force that you need to invest in by improving the schools network. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm really it, we, we we built a um, uh, an education initiative which was uh, which was about you identified that the, the kids were doing well up until um, the end of primary school and then they really dropped going into going into secondary school and they never made that back and mm -hmm. um, we've got some brilliant brilliant teachers there and great head, head teachers and and 
they were saying that this is this is about confidence it's about it's about people having the soft skills and the, and the aspirations that actually if you can embed that in them um then the numeracy and literacy results will um uh, will improve so we 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 um started an initiative which we call the the uh, the Furness Baron Furness Future Leaders Academy, and it was about mm -hmm. taking a cohort of uh, 10, 11 year olds about to go into their final year in primary school who were the mix of, 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 of children who, who weren't, you know, quite hitting that average level that um, the, the attainment levels that you hope they would do, or children who were who were doing well, but often just didn't have that same the same level of high achievers that you you would have in um, in most other areas. And so it's about increasing their levels of aspiration as well. And I um, guess managing by the sounds of it, managing that transition from primary to secondary, yeah. which is always yeah. a challenge, I think, for for lots of children, you know, going from a much smaller primary where they know a lot of the other children to then being part of this bigger school. And that's right. That's right. Know, we know we know statistically that that's often a time when gaps start to open up even if as you said they haven't been there before so so your your academy then um does what kind of work with these children well we had a um we, we in previous years we'd had it as a three-week placement in the in the summer full-time and and you had these um you mean you know you saw it in, in microcosm of what I, I guess teachers will see um a, a, a around the country uh, each year of children turning up on day one, like really shy, not really seeming to want to particularly want to be there. And then, you know, by sort of day three, absolutely buzzing. And and you and you had a, a mix of you know lots of fun and trips out and mm -hmm. um and, but then you and then you had and cru crucially, crucially to the success of this program, you had the local companies um investing um both um in many cases the uh the cash that was needed to uh to run the uh to run the event but then also um their their personnel uh to come and um and and help out as uh, in teaching assistant roles but uh, and then also to to inspire the young people about what the opportunities there were so you know bae has got a, a a fantastic apprentice scheme around the country and the outreach that they do as apprentices um, it, across the UK it, it is great and 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 they recognize that that you know they had a real role to, to come in and and so they were organizing engineering challenges uh, that they might do on one day and then they, they might be going out and doing roller skating uh, roller skating <laughs> the next but we we um, we, we, we tracked um, uh, we track the, the the attainment of those uh, of children who'd been in um, who'd been in into the, the academy, and and they showed a marked increase, a sustained increase in their levels of of confidence and attainment um, in, in for the subsequent uh, education uh, time in school that they that they went back to. So you know, hugely successful and and built only possible through um local firms in investing in um investing to make it to make it happen um it, uh, so so that was a model that was the model that we had and now we want to adapt use that spirit and use that same sort of private sector led investment to um to to the 
to the really whole area challenge now of um, getting children back on track after you know a really really difficult year that so many parents will have will have seen and people in the in the education uh, profession. So it's you know it's really about about the whole. It, it, we're trying to expand this now for the summer, um, and we we are dependent on. Um, uh, on, on firms rising to the challenge and we're going out and fundraising for this um, uh, for this right now but you know we hope that that we'll be able to put on um, wider provision either over the summer and through the year to um, to, to re-engage pupils who you know I think everyone has, will have fallen off to an extent having spent so many months just looking at a, a screen and not being able to see their peers but you know everything points to the fact that in more deprived areas the fall off is greater uh, and therefore in 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 barrow and in other um less uh, uh, less well-off areas that need that leveling leveling up approach um you know you need to to be more direct um in your in your interventions to, to help them get back on track and I suppose for the companies involved, I mean, certainly all of the feedback I get is hugely positive. You know, they their employees absolutely love seeing the children, helping them get a sense of the opportunities. And it's it's an incredibly rewarding thing for businesses to do. But it's also smart, isn't it? Because that's yeah. the local community that those companies hope to be able to offer opportunities to. But they also want those people to be able to take them up to having all the right skills. Yeah, exactly. So, and 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 uh, as you as you suggest, the, um, the companies come out of this really, really buzzing from the the, the experience, and and they have you know, bought into that sense that um, that we need to take a, a whole of society approach to to education, and you know, too often I think the the debate in in Westminster. You know, and perhaps in in sort of some uh, family tables around the country, it, it, it's about you know what is is the school doing well or not is um, and and the responsibility is sort of placed um, effectively solely on on teachers and and parents who who are obviously critically important. But it is in it is as you as you say, um, it is companies who are recognising that they are directly investing in their future workforce um, and that they uh, will get material benefit from actually uh, rolling up their sleeves and getting involved in the local education system um, that you know we think can make a, a, a real difference in, uh, in, in, in communities like Bowen. I'm sure I mean I have always believed education is right at the heart of leveling up but for a, for a region like Cumbria more broadly what are some of the other, you know, there's 14 levelling up goals. Um, some of them are around education and skills and, and, and all of that. Um, but for the rest of those levelling up goals, what are the other challenges you feel, particularly for places like Barrow and Furness and Cumbria that are there that also need to be addressed alongside, as you say, making, making sure that that time in education really inspires and and make sure that young people come out with the skills they need but what else what else do you think needs to sit alongside that from your your experience what you mentioned about um about digital access um i think um is 
has been really acute in in Cumbria in um, uh, in, in recent uh, in recent years and is um, uh, and, and has brought, been brought into really sharp focus in the um, uh, in the uh, during lockdown um, where um, where less uh, often less well off families are less likely to have um, uh, to have the, the the broadband the level of broadband which um, it is needed if you've got kids who are trying to uh, kids who are trying to work, uh, and then maybe someone at, at home um, also also working from home, um, and uh, and and are suddenly doing often doing so over over a single over a single smartphone. So, uh, I mean, I think we were as a nation. It seems that we were un unprepared, um, less prepared as we uh, than we should be than we should have been for that. And there's been a, there's been a real push to um, to close the um, uh, to close the gap. But I mean, there's clearly a significant way to to go. We can't rule out um, we can't rule out future periods where um, there'll be. Uh, you hope there won't be another lockdown, but we certainly can't uh, can't rule rule that out. And um, the and te technological advance is going to make this ever more important. In Cumbria, there are there have still been significant areas that have been not spots that the, the government has never quite got to to be able to um, uh, to offer the levels of uh, of broadband which are needed. So that. That is that is hugely important. The, and I suppose, and I suppose now, I mean, COVID does change a lot of things because actually it means that people can work remotely, and yeah. they are, I think, in many cases, reassessing that life-work balance. And yeah, you know, yeah. beautiful parts of the of the country like Cumbria, you know, for a lot of people, you know, become places where they might consider moving. And so, exactly. you know, you could get a big shift, but actually, you know, that won't happen. And indeed, I guess entrepreneurship in Cumbria has held back an investment if yeah. you haven't got that online presence. Yeah, exactly. The, so you have to have, um, it, you're, you're right, that the, the change in, if there is, and I think probably it, it is an if rather than a, a, a definite, but if there is a reorientation away uh, from quite the concentration on cities, then then Cumbria and the the amazing opportunities that the um, beauty of the Lake District um, you ought to make ought to really boost areas like that. You've got to sort out the digital issue, and then the wider um, and the wider infrastructure as well, mm -hmm. um, which you rightly ad address in the in the levelling up goals um, is hugely important because you know what. Um, um, an area like um, what I think can it can put people off from relocating to an area like power is if they if they feel that they're going to um, be um, too cut off from you know areas like the big the the, the big city uh, relative close to Barrow is Manchester. Um, many of my years um, in. Um, uh, as an MP, were about um, it, trying to improve and then save the rail link um, to mm -hmm. uh, to uh, to Barrow, and that and that national debate over 
yes, okay, HS2 is, is all very well uh, or, or, or not, um, but uh, you, cannot, um, uh, you, you cannot ignore the, um, the cross-country links which are, which are needed. So um, you know, areas like Barrow and areas like that need, need, need much better infrastructure mm -hmm. transport links. And then, I, and then I suppose the, I mean, or really, look, you can make a case for all 14 of your goals, but the, the other um, um, probably one that I would highlight here is the, uh, is the health challenge where mm -hmm. um, uh, Barovians um, just have, have poorer health and die before um, uh, people in the rest of the uh, of, of the country, and uh, that has long been uh, a, a huge injustice, and is uh, is brought into sharp focus, I think, by the by the pandemic, which um, where it has shown that people with, with poor health are more vulnerable to um, uh, to serious illness and uh, and even mortality from the um, from the virus, and so um, you know that that debate, which is becoming more focused about how you encourage people um, and give people the tools to Im improve their health, improve their lifestyle, improve their improve their diet, and also have access to um, the, the the health um, uh, the the hospital facilities. Um, that are more expensive and harder to put on in, in, in more geographically dispersed areas um, is also really acute in, uh, in places like that. And I suppose understanding that that's an investment ultimately that underpins whether or not everything else you're doing on levelling up makes a difference. Um, and you can have the best schools, you know, you can have opportunities, but if fundamentally, if people are having ill health, that means they're not able to take advantage of them, then that gets in the way of them fulfilling their potential. And I think what we were trying to get across in part with the levelling of goals, I mean, it was a common language, really, that everyone can use, mm. was that it's not enough just to focus on one of these things. It is actually complex and you do need to think about all of them if you're really going to make a difference, as you say. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And 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 so many of them are are, are, interwo are interwoven with um, uh, with each other. You know, if we can um, if we can it, it ought to follow that if we can improve uh, the education outcomes um, of uh, of the the too many people in, in Barrow who and who fall who fall behind you improve their employment prospects if you improve their employment prospects you improve the, the chances that they have of, of, of leading a, a healthy fulfilled lifestyle which 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 boosts them and and and, and you get that um, and you get that ripple effect so um, you know I, I think it's huge credit to uh, to you Justine and, and the team for uh, the way you've you've distilled these um, this challenge and, and and your energy in in, uh, in in projecting that out both in terms of to uh, to Parliament where you're getting um, making sure that MPs are uh, and ministers are, are are talking about this, but also obviously with uh, going to to businesses and and working out on a on a sort of granular level what the what individual businesses um, can can do to to make a contribution well 
it's been fantastic um, getting your support with the goals. Um, really, really wonderful. And it's been great to have you on the podcast, John. Um, good luck with the work that you're doing as an advisor on political violence and disruption, a hugely important area that you're looking at for all of us, actually. And yes, looking forward to continued push on levelling up and brilliant to hear about the work that you're still doing in Baron Furness. Um, it's clearly making a big difference and, and that's what all of this is about. So thank you very much. No, oh, thanks, Justine. It's been, it's been great to, uh, to talk to you. Looking forward to, um, to carrying on working with you.